In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. In today's epistle reading, we come across a special phrase by St. Paul to the Romans that I would like us to reflect on today. Because I think it has to do a lot with how we Christians stand out from other religions and philosophies. The phrase reads that by steadfastness and by encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And then he says, may the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. So steadfastness and encouragement, these two phrases, these two words, these are the two attributes I'd like us to focus on. In some translations, these two attributes are translated as patience and comfort. I think steadfastness and encouragement are more suited, and I will see why. First, notice how he wants us to have steadfastness and encouragement because our Father is the God of steadfastness and encouragement. So because we are called to be like God, we have to have attributes and properties like Him. And these are the two today that we stand out. So before I get into this, I'm going to ask a question which I've always asked before. Why do we come here? What is it that we seek in coming to church? What is it that we seek in being called Christians? Will we be offended if we take away that label? Or why do we bring our children to church? Is it because we want them to be better people, to be good people, to care about others, to not steal so that they do not lie or do not kill? Is it because we want them to behave respectfully towards other people and help others and help the poor? Is that why we come here or why we bring our children to church? Do we think that other religions or gatherings that happen on Sunday and other places do not do that, do not teach the same teachings? Why not go to a Buddhist temple or Hare Krishna? Do we think that we Christians raise our kids better than other people in society do? Or do we come here just because our parents came here before us and we just got into the habit? Or do we come here because we have a good coffee hour or we make the best food in the festival, air, in, in, the festival in this area? All these things I mentioned should not be the cause of why we come here, of why we are different. Christianity, or our understanding of it, is not given to us to make better people or to help the needy or to live a good life in a society of people. Christianity is not here to make us or the people around us happy and comfortable. Sure, these things are byproduct of living a Christian life, but they are also possible by living a Buddhist life or Islamic life, or even being an atheist. We have something else, something that is core to what makes us different in our teachings, and that is the thing that is driving us to come to, to here, or it should be the thing driving us to come here. We are called Christian because we are called to be like God, by His grace, what He is by nature. We are to become God-like. And what does that mean? It means we are to be immortal, we are to be all-knowing, and we are to be all-loving, and we are to be above creation. We are elevated above this world. 
He says we are not of this world, but we live in this world, in this body. So if you start with this concept of this definition of a Christian, then everything else we teach and preach starts to make sense. Try to contrast this with some of the teachings that we have floating around in this world today. Teachings of self-empowerment. Live your potential. Do what is good for you. Do not suffer. Here, take a painkiller. Take a vacation in distress. We teach our kids to be independent, to excel in this life, whether academically or financially. And we try our best, whether for ourselves or for our kids or our loved ones, not to suffer. And if we end up suffering a mishap physically or financially or whatever, it becomes a big deal. Many of us get depressed because of that. Or many feel lost in what to do. We feel lost in what to do because we have so many options to pick from. How can I be happy and content if I'm always wondering if I pick the right option? And this can get bad very quickly if these options to pick from extend to things like my gender and my choice of life partner or what to do with my body. The stress grows even more if I have to make these choices when I'm 13 or 14. How can I choose what will make me happy and will self-empower me to live a life to the fullest when I'm 13 and 14? You see, in these choices, Christianity differs. Because you can pick any options that you can have from these choices. And you can still be a good person. And you can still live a life where you do not steal, you do not lie, you do not kill. You can be a person that helps others, no matter what you picked in these choices. But guess what? You'll not be a Christian. Because with Christianity, there is only one choice. There is always one choice. In a way that makes our lives as Christians easier and simpler. We do not have to worry about what gets us fulfilled. Because we are created to be one thing and one thing only. We are created to be like God. So there is no choice to make. We are all equal, male or female, mother or child, black or white. There is no difference. We are to search to, for God and to go to Him. Whatever happens on the way, so be it. We have to persevere. We have to be steadfast in our pursuit of Him. We have to have the steadfastness that St. Paul is calling for today. Because God has it, and we have to have it also. Ignore everything around us and head straight towards Him. Sometimes we have to leave our families to do that, if our families are going in a different direction. Sometimes we have to leave our friends, our companions, our colleagues. Sometimes we have to leave our work or our occupation. And in doing so, we may suffer. And yes, we may feel pain, but that is okay, because we know we are immortal and that we are, and the suffering is only in the body, and it will fade away gradually. And this is the steadfastness that is being called for here, and that is why sometimes it is translated to be patient, patient with the suffering and the pain. We have to persevere. So if this is what steadfastness is, then what is encouragement? The other translation for the word is comfort. Encouragement is when we as a community bond together to encourage and comfort each other in the struggles that might come up because of our individual steadfastness in going towards God. 
So given our nature, we are weak. We may have the will to go to God, but we may not have the physical endurance to achieve that. And this is where we are supposed to encourage each other like sparring partners in a gym. Each one of us here who is a Christian is undergoing a struggle. It might not be evident at the surface, but it is there, that struggle, each one. If the person is content and not struggling while in this body, then that person is mortal and doomed to eternal death. There is no struggle, there is no cross. There is no cross, there is no resurrection. Our job as Christians is not to struggle alone, but to encourage each other through the struggle. And that is what forms a church. The bonding that happens when we encourage each other, not the bonding that happens when we get together for social events, like preparing the food for the festival or rolling grape leaves. The bonding that happens there is just an opportunity for us to open up and talk about the real things that matter to us so that we can bond and encourage each other in our struggles. A bishop once told me that wearing the black cassock gives me or the clergy the opportunity not to talk about the weather. You know, when you're standing with somebody by yourself, there's nothing to talk about, you start opening a discussion about the weather. As clergy, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to talk about the real issues and try to dig deep into that person's soul and see what, is, what they're struggling with. That's at least what this bishop advises. So I extend this advice to everybody, not just the clergy, especially if we're members of the same church community. It's good that we come together often to do things like rolling grape leaves and cooking, but that, let's not waste these opportunities by telling stories. Let us get to know each other's struggles so we can encourage each other on the path to God. Today we're commemorating a man who understood those two godly attributes very well, steadfastness and encouragement. He worked very diligently on keeping this community together. I'm talking about Father George, the founder of this community. For those who were with him during the founding years, they understood or they understand very well the perseverance needed to start a church. And for those who knew Father George and confided in him and confessed with him, know very well the encouragement he provided to each and every one of them that came to them. Yeah. So let us not as individuals who consider ourselves members of this community or as members or as a community as a whole forget that these attributes of steadfastness and encouragement are not the cornerstone only of our faith in Christ, but also the cornerstone for St. Peter and Paul and Potomac. We come here as Christians to continue this tradition, to teach this to our kids, and to ensure a legacy of Christianity built on steadfastness and encouragement in the pursuit of Christ God, to whom be glory forever. Amen.